Overwhelmed is probably a good word. Eh? I mean, I know all of us have probably had all the emotions in the last two weeks, but I think one of the things that all of us at some point in the last two weeks have felt is overwhelmed. It's okay. It's okay to feel like that because what has happened to us and around us is overwhelming. It's not normal. It doesn't happen except when it does. What has God to say about this? So in February 2000, I was a young pastor running the Baptist Union of South Africa's youth department, and I was loving my job. We had youth teams traveling around the country doing all sorts of fantastic things. And then something that happened, something happened that absolutely overnight changed my life. Uh, I embarked on probably the steepest learning curve I've ever gotten onto in my whole life, and also ended up doing something that fulfilled me to the depth of who I am. It was possibly one of the greatest adventures of my life. What caused this learning curve was a massive amount of rain over the whole of Southern Africa for about five weeks. And then a tropical cyclone that went to sit off the coast of Mozambique and just hung around there. And we had those floods that for those of us who are old enough to remember, remember so well, especially the baby born in the tree. Remember that? It caused absolute devastating floods in Mozambique. Over 800 lives were lost. Hundreds of thousands of people lost their homes and were displaced. Over 500 million US dollars of property damage occurred. The Limpopo River, which at its widest probably is a kilometer wide, in some places was 120 kilometers wide. That's how huge that flood was. As events unfolded, I, I just was overwhelmed by the sense of I had to do something. I was just overwhelmed that I, I just, I had to do something. I didn't know what to do, I was clueless, but I, I just knew. And my bosses at that stage said to me, you can do something. And, and then I had to do something. Long story short, long story short. I ended up doing about six months of flood relief on behalf of the Baptist Union of South Africa. And I worked from Joburg into Mozambique for six months along with, all, with hundreds of other people. And I discovered a gift in myself that I simply didn't know existed before that. Uh, I never imagined it, I'd never even, it had never crossed my mind, but I discovered God had gifted me for disasters, for, for being able to do the right thing in a disaster situation, and it was, it was amazing. It was fulfilling, but it was also a lot of other things. Like I said, I loved what I was doing. It gave me a deep sense of fulfillment, but I also felt overwhelmed and out of my depth, pun intended, all the time. There was never a moment in those six months where I didn't, at some level, feel overwhelmed and out of my depth. 
late one night, I was sitting in front of my computer doing something, whether I was writing emails for funding or looking for extra time or for information or for wisdom or for money or for volunteers. I don't know what I was doing, but I was there. And God gave me a passage of scripture. Now remember, in those days, we didn't have smartphones and we didn't have Bibles on our computer. So the, however this verse came to me, it didn't come to me over the computer. I don't know where that, the verse came and where that miracle that God put on me came from that night. But God gave it to me when I desperately needed it. It comes from Psalm 29, verse 10 and 11. And these are the words in that moment of just being overwhelmed. These are the words that God gave to me. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord gives Strength, the Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. To be honest, my sense of being overwhelmed didn't switch off. It didn't go away. But in that moment, everything inside me shifted. I came to understand that what was going on wasn't actually about me. It wasn't actually even about the people in Mozambique. It wasn't about all the volunteers. It wasn't about any of that. It was about God the king of the universe, the Lord who sits enthroned over the flood, the Lord who's enthroned as king forever. And here's the truth. That same God 22 years ago is here in Westville today. He's here with every single one of us right here today. You see, this sermon isn't about me. It isn't even about us. It's about who God is and who he is and what he calls us to be and to do as God's people in this moment. And it's to remind us of who he is and what he's given us and what he will continue to give to us. And it doesn't mean I don't still feel overwhelmed. I do. In fact, the truth is that what we're busy with here is for me more complicated than Mozambique. It's for a couple of reasons. Number one, we're in it. It's kind of easier to do relief work when you go there, and then when you're done, you go home to your safety. But when you're in it, it's more complicated. And also, we're not just responding as a relief agency. We're a church. We're a body of people acting together and God is calling us in this moment to live in such a way that not only we know, but the people who we're serving know that the Lord is enthroned over the floods. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. And so what do we do about that? What do we do about this truth? Because, because it's no good just knowing something. 
Because the Bible tells us if we know something about God, we must do something about it. We must live that out. We must live out our salvation and our hope and our desperation and our struggles. We must live them out. And so how can we, as, as a church family here in, in, in Westville and, and now in other places around the world because of the internet, isn't that amazing? How do we respond? What is God calling us to do? The first thing I believe that this passage tells us we need to do is we need to look around. We need to look around. I don't know about you, but some things I don't want to look at. You know, when there's, a, when there's an accident in the road, I, I, I want to go past, but I don't want to look because I, I don't want to be overwhelmed by what I see there. Sometimes when I, when I, when I see the guys waiting for work in the corner over there, I don't want to look because I just I think of all those people that need work. I don't want to look. But God says we should look around. God says we should look around us. We have to see what God sees. In this passage, this Psalm 29, it, it starts with David worshiping God and acknowledging who God is. It talks about ascribing to the Lord, you heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. But then he starts looking around and he says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The, the voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. He's looking around and he's seeing, it's hard to know whether he thinks this is wonderful or terrible. It's real though. And, and perhaps he's feeling both of those things as he looks around and he sees the, the lightning and the storms and the, and the big cedar trees in Lebanon breaking. And so he's looking around. And if we are going to live as people of a God who's enthroned over a flood, we need to look around us in this moment. We need to acknowledge what's going on. Don't be afraid to look at the small devastation that you've experienced. I know that some people, I ask people, how are you doing? And they say, no, I'm okay. And then I ask them how their house is. And they say, well, you know, there's a bit of damage, but, but other people are worse. And, and, and that's good. It's good to think like that. But, but when we're in need, we're in need. And, and the pothole in my driveway doesn't go away because other people are struggling more than I am. And God loves us as much as he loves the people that have lost their whole home. And I'm not telling you to be selfish. I'm not telling you to ignore that. But I am saying that we must be honest about what's happening with us. And we must be able to say, I know that what happened to somebody else is worse, but I've also got pain right now. I'm also struggling right now. My life is also disrupted right now. And I must be willing 
to look at myself and my circumstances as well as my neighbor. Because God sees all of that. And God is gonna use this tragedy to help you grow and your neighbor. You see, because God does want us to look around, just like he does, and see those kids in the community centers and, and see the struggle that our neighbors are having. Because this is bad. This is terrible. This is something that's going to take us time to process. And if we can't acknowledge what's happened, we, we can't really process it properly. Because the next step isn't that we look around, but it is also, it's not just that we look around, it's also that we look in. That we look into ourselves and ask God to show us what's inside there. And for some of us, we'll find anger. We'll find anger. Anger at God, anger at the municipality, anger at I, somebody. Because a tragedy like this, one of the natural consequences is anger. And I want you to know that God is okay with you being angry with him. He really is. That's part of why Jesus came into the world. So that, so that God could identify in an absolutely unique way what it's like to be a human being. And we'll never get through a thing like this if we don't acknowledge what's going on inside of us. The truth is, God is our Father. You know that. And any parent knows that there are moments when their children are genuinely angry with them. I can remember one of my children once looking at me saying, Daddy, you hate me. <laughs> Whew. I'm kind of glad she did. Because I'm, I was able to interact on that. I was able to go and sit with her in a unique way because she acknowledged the pain that was inside her in that moment and her misunderstanding of what I had just done. And so don't be afraid to look in because maybe you won't just find negative things in there. Maybe you'll find new and amazing things. Like when I looked into my own heart back in 2000 and, and, and said, I've got to act. God opened a whole new world to me, a whole new world that I never knew he'd put in me from before I was born. And I discovered a new way of expressing his love to people. Often when we look inside, we end up being one of two kinds of people in a crisis like this. We look inside and we go, yes. I've got to go and do something. Others of us look inside and go, I'm hiding. I'm hiding. You know what? Both of those things can be used both for good by God and we can use both of those things wrongly. But we have to start by going, this is what's inside of me. And Lord, help me to grow in this moment. Speak to me. I want to say that, that truly looking into ourselves isn't something we can do alone. We talked about doing a, there's some stuff you can't. You can't look into yourself alone. You have to interact with other people. 
You have to ask good friends, LTCs, life groups, those kinds of people. Help me look into myself in this moment. Help me to discover what's inside of me. And if it's anger, help me process whatever it is. I want to, I want to respond to who God is in this moment, not who I am or in the circumstances that are around me. If the Lord is to be enthroned over the flood, if we are going to live as people who name God Lord over the flood, not only must we look in, not only must we look around and look in, but we have to look up. We have to look up. God is there. And for some of us, we can't see him right now, but he is there. And I want to encourage you to go and look for him. And perhaps for some of you, it's going to be worship music and, and, and listening and just being reminded over and over again that God is there through worship. For others, it's going to be reading scriptures. For some of us, it's going to be interacting with individuals while we go around doing what we do. I have seen God as I've looked up. Sometimes I look up and I look into the face of a lady bringing two black bags to the church full of clothing. And I ask her, thank you, I say thank you, and I say, do you need anything? And she came in a really nice car, and then she started crying. And she said, no. I said, but what's going on? She said, well, pretty much my house is a wreck. My house is done. We're not going to be able to live in it again. But it forced me to spring clean. <laughs> and so I'm giving you these. You see, and I, saw, I looked up and I saw God. I saw God in that moment. I saw Jesus coming and saying, I'm going to die on the cross, but I want you to have this. I want you to have eternal life, even in my own suffering. And so we must look up whether it's with our friends or in scripture or as we pray. And then we must step out. You see, God can't be enthroned over the flood. God can't be enthroned as king forever in the minds of people who don't know him unless they see that, unless they see it. And the only way they will see it is if we do it, if we live like that, act in his strength and his blessing. Now I know that for some of us, we may feel inadequate. You, you may be a mom at home that's still got kids to look after and you've got your own nonsense, eh? And you go, I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can talk to your children about what's happened. You can help your children gather some of their spare clothes and bring them here. You can, you can pray with them. You see, because this response that we as a church are having is not caste's response. It's not Sandy Reed in the warehouse's response or George. It is not my response, it is us. And every single one of us is part of this. Yesterday, a Hindu family arrived with 300 cooked briyanis. 
all in a separate bowl, all with lids on, all in boxes, with soji for pudding, for everybody, and a cool drink, and a packet of chips. <laughs> and I'm just like, and the old granny, old granny, I said, did you cook this? She says, no, I'm too old, but it's my recipe. <laughs> did you see? Do you see? She's not strong enough, but she, she gave. And the truth is, God is calling every one of us in this moment to step out. And for some of us, it's going to look like our lives are a bit upside down for three or four weeks, maybe two months. For others of us, our, our, it may look like we're still quite normal. But, but we're all going to be doing things that make this happen, that make that happen. Why? Because we serve a God who's the king over the floods. We serve a God who calls us not just to believe something in our hearts and in our minds, not just to acknowledge that he is the king over the floods, but to show people that he's the king over the floods. And here's what's beautiful when that happens. Because Psalm 29 doesn't end with verse 10. The Lord sits in throne over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. Psalm 29 ends with verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. See, and it doesn't say one person. It doesn't say Sandy who's working very hard. It, or it doesn't say just that person who's lost their whole house and everything. It's not just one. It is us. It is his people. And God promises as we step out and acknowledge him that he sits enthroned over the flood that he will give strength to his people and he will bless us with peace. My gosh, I've had some peaceful moments. I really have in the middle of this turmoil, when things are just going crazy, and sitting in the corner of the warehouse there, and somebody just walks in and says, just sit there for a bit. The food that's coming in, you know, you panic, and you, oh, this, and I say to Sandy, we need to spend money now, we need to buy food. And Sandy says, John, just wait, just wait. And then somebody comes <laughs> with a bucky load of food. That's peace, but it's not my peace. It's our peace. It is what God has promised to us. Folks, God has given us a unique opportunity in the next couple of weeks and months to show his love and his grace and his power and his strength in a unique way. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come and help us affirm that now. As we listen as we listen and are reminded that our God is amazing, that our God is who he is. He is the Lord that sits enthroned over the floods. He is the Lord who is enthroned forever. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords, and he's the Savior of the world. And we can live that out, even in the floods.